0: Hi, I'm Daryl Cagle, and this is The Cagle Cast, where we're all about political cartoons. Today, we're going to talk about Trump and Joe Biden. We have three great conservative cartoonists, Michael Ramirez, Rivers, and Gary McCoy. I wanted to start off with one of my own cartoons. This is how I see the presidential race right now. Trump's got a lot of baggage, but that's not keeping him from running out in front of Biden. I chose not to put labels on all these bags. I first thought about putting the names of the lawsuits and things on the bags, but sissy cartoonists use labels, so I I avoided that. But uh, this is how it's looking. And there's a caricature of Biden that has been growing with constant reinforcement from the conservatives that is just not the way that I think Biden is or that I see Biden. He's, he's depicted as demented, as a, a puppet of powers on the left, probably Obama. He's seen as a, a crime figure who's on the take and taking bribes. And to me, it just sounds like absolute nonsense. But that's where the conservative cartoonists live in their bubble in their silo, and we will explore some of that tonight. Conservatives tend to not draw Trump very often. They just like to draw Biden, whereas uh, also, you know, you can say that the liberal cartoonists like to draw Trump and don't draw a whole lot of Biden but I don't think that's quite as true. Um, here are a few examples of cartoons from my buddy Dick Wright, who is a great old-time cartoonist who's worked for just a gazillion newspapers, won a gazillion wards, And he just captures this different Biden from this different world. So I'm going to talk to the conservative cartoonists about that and see if we can figure out what the heck is going on with this alternative reality Earth 2 that they live in. I hope you enjoyed this. This is an extra good podcast, and I'd like to start off introducing Gary McCoy, our brilliant conservative cartoonist who's won a ton of awards, including 10 silver rubens from the National Cartoonist Society. Gary draws two comic strips, The Duplex and The Flying McCoy Brothers, and Rivers, our anonymous brilliant masked conservative cartoonist, and Michael Ramirez, who's a good old buddy of mine, and he's won two Pulitzer Prizes, and he's syndicated to hundreds of newspapers by another syndicate, and he draws for the Las Vegas Review Journal. We're going to to get going on michael ramirez first this is a great podcast get all kinds of alternative reality going on so enjoy it and here is michael talking about his cartoons here you've got the wrong stuff from another movie cartoon (laughs) Mm -hmm. with biden walking away from his crashed plane excellent cartoon
1: and that that's a direct quote from the president himself
0: he says there is no no federal no federal federal solution to COVID. Here you've got a Bloody Hands cartoon with Biden and Saudi Arabia. And you know, we ha- we have an issue. Uh, I track what editors print. Put blood in a cartoon and it just doesn't get printed. I think that's a frustration for a lot of uh But, but let me say, as
1: a capitalist pig, <laughs> that's okay. Look, like I'm not doing these cartoons to be famous or to be rich. I'm doing them because there are issues that need to be dealt with. And the American public has to be reminded of what's at stake.
0: So here you've got the White House with a big sign saying free stuff on atop the $32 trillion national debt mountain. And the White House is saying, how could they downgrade our credit rating? Well, downgrading it because it's about to tip over off the top of the mountain. And uh, it's an excellent metaphor. It looks good.
1: It is inconceivable how much money we owe. It, 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 I, I just can't even believe it. When you think of the budget, you know, prior to Biden, it increased $2 trillion. Remember, it was, you know, a decade ago when we were just reaching the trillion dollar mark on budgets to begin with. And now you get a budget that's almost $6 trillion or a little bit more than $6 trillion. And this is a
0: a cartoon that works for every administration in the White House.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, look, another Trump thing, when Obama was president, one of, the, one of the things I focused on was spending. Of course, I focused on on that for every administration. But his largest deficit when he was president was 1.3 trillion dollars. Donald Trump's deficit before COVID was 1.3 trillion dollars. It just has to stop. The spending mm-hmm. is, is ridiculous.
0: So here you've got uh, Air Force One dragging a, a welcome banner, and they say, "I don't know what is behind the surge of immigration." Of course, that is the welcome, and uh, couldn't be more clear. Good cartoon. So here we have the rodeo with Biden tied to the bucking bull's abdomen with a big knot that he can't untie, and there's no way he's going to get out of inflation. And this is an excellent cartoon, Michael.
1: Thanks. It's just about the, the bull. The president is on the american public on inflation
0: well he is certainly responsible for all the junk that goes on while he's president whether he did it or not so i i don't i don't care where the blame falls i'll blame him as well
1: i blame you daryl
0: well thank you michael this is a funny one you've got the big wind power windmill on the green and woke jet plane which is unlikely to run very well with that power source we're losing our focus yeah. I it's kind that. of
1: ironic that we went from propeller planes to jet airplanes, and now we're kind of <laughs> de-evolving. The problem with a cartoon like
2: that is that you're going to give people ideas.
0: okay here you've got the helicopter flying over kabul and he says what did we leave behind our credibility as they're flying away from the building taking the last people to escape out they did lose their credibility and that was quite a mess that biden has responsibility for i i agree
2: gosh i love that cartoon I love the, the way that – I know we're not supposed to be critiquing work here, and I'm not really critiquing, but I'm just – No, you're,
0: you're welcome to critique. I, we don't have rules here. I just come back and edit out everything that's inappropriate. So but, go but ahead. I,
2: <laughs> I, I just love the way you did the background uh, with, with almost like a watercolor effect. Uh, it's not – you don't do that a lot, but in this case, it's very effective and very beautiful.
1: I love that. And, you know, the underlying context of this, because I've been to Bagram, you know, I mm-hmm. uh, went on those USO, USO tours. And Bagram, when you when you look at it, it's fairly isolated. It was a um, airport with two runways. The strategic value of that place, when you think you've got a, a nuclear China, a nuclear Russia, a nuclear Pakistan, soon-to-be nuclear Iran, the strategic value of having a base there, which the Pentagon said they could have easily defended with 2,500 troops, the strategic value is enormous. That fact, China is, uh, is shelling out troops. Of dollars to try to set up these kinds of strategic bases all around. Uh, I think it was a, once again reflective of bad policy decisions by Biden. Actually, Trump started it in December, but the Biden administration, the one who followed through, setting up an artificial deadline that made no sense and just a catastrophe that showed weakness to the world.
0: It, I think we're suffering the consequences
1: of it still today
2: M-
0: michael mentions the uso tour the editorial cartoonists and other cartoonists have been going on a lot of uso tours over the years and it's a very nice thing to do i did one with michael in bahrain yeah. and uh, a wonderful experience and great to meet with all the troops and do drawing for them and, I, and uh, I went to afghanistan
1: and iraq during the war. And, uh, you know, I felt more in danger when I walked through the newsroom at the LA Times than I did. <laughs> <of those>
0: <laughs> okay, so here you've got Biden, he says age means nothing as he's backed by a giant President Kamala sign. I think one thing that liberals and conservatives can have in common is not liking Kamala.
1: I think that's most of the nation, I think. <laughs> that's a, it's sure, the shared sentiment of that. And I think it's something that she brought on herself, frankly.
0: Well, for different reasons, I think. So here you've got uh, Kitchen Conversation, and the guy doing the crossword puzzle says, what's a five-letter word with an I in it for virus destroying our economy? And the lady says, Biden. That's cute. Uh, a name-calling cartoon. I like name-calling I can't cartoon. believe you just called the cartoon cute. Oh, come on. This is cute, Michael. Oh. oh, she does have a lot of knives behind her. Those are very threatening-looking knives. That's like a knife in the heart for a political
1: cartoonist. Oh, cute? cute? What about Steve Sack? Well, Steve is kind of cute. I wouldn't date him. but Okay, so here you've got the huge wave
0: of migrant surge, and it is just a beautifully drawn wave. And uh, at the Border Patrol lifeguard station, they're saying President Biden sent us to help with the paperwork. The paperwork is not going to stop that wave, and that is uh, Mm a great-looking cartoon. There's a tradition among editorial cartoonists for drawing giant waves. Excellent giant wave here. Thank you. When we don't say much about a cartoon, that cartoon gets edited out. Anything to say for this cartoon?
2: I was just going to well, see. I was going to just comment again on the, the on the drawing, but I, I noticed it's almost like a little bit of a Japanese influence in the wave there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? As a surfer, it's what I, I used to look at every morning. But it, it, the underlying theme, though, is important. This giant wave of immigrants coming into the country. And, and, you know, I think what makes America extraordinary is the fact that we've taken all these cultures and mixed them together and made it uniquely American. But there's a we have to make a delineation between legal and illegal immigration. My grandfather came from to Mexico. My grandmother is from Spain. He was a legal immigrant. My mother was a legal immigrant from Japan. More than just securing our borders, as an immigration crisis, it's also a national security issue. There are many people that want to do America harm. We're seeing that today. Allowing people in without knowing who they are and why they're here is dangerous for America. And when you have these nations that have surrogates of evil and they're using fissionable material. What's going to happen when a dirty bomb goes off in an American city where it's uninhabitable for 75 years? These are issues of national security.
0: And we've got Biden uh, building a wall now. So I didn't get this one, Michael. You've got Biden holding a $400,000 missile now, I had chasing so many variations. little girl.
1: Yeah, I had so many variations. This is when they were shooting down the Chinese balloon. Oh, My and favorite... she's
0: got a balloon and he's going after any balloon?
1: Right. With <laughs> oh, a missile right. that costs almost a million bucks each. Oh, I um, just, I didn't
0: have any context. Yeah, you'd think they could use a pin. Yeah.
1: You know, I I had my, my, the cartoon that I like better, but we were focusing on Biden, so I had to throw in a Biden cartoon, was that I had Secretary Austin sitting there with a Chinese balloon floating over his head, and he's saying, um, and there's a jet about to approach it, and he's saying, we couldn't shoot it down over until it got over vacant space. (laughs) Pilots going, how about now?
0: (laughs) You've got the NASCAR crashing and, and breaking up into little parts, And inside the NASCAR, the Democrat donkey says, "Funny, it doesn't feel like we're on the right path." And you know, this is just a drawing that is so much fun that it's the drawing that makes the cartoon, and it's just lovely.
1: You know, and it's one of those things I think readers can relate to when Biden says we're on the right path, but you feel like the wheels are coming off the government. It's the perfect uh, illustration of that idea. I
0: think. Oh, there's Biden in there. He's the prez. Okay, I'm sorry. He's
1: the guy driving. He's the guy. Good. Our economy.
0: And here you have a great graphic cartoon with all the issues behind Biden and he calls Republicans extremists and makes the point.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they, they like to call conservatives and Republicans extremists. But when you look at the extreme extreme agenda of this administration, these progressive groups. I give speeches around the country to all kinds of groups. There's more, far more things that unite us than divide us. And the issues that people don't like, they don't like this wokeism. They don't want to defund the police. All, All these extreme things that the fringe on the left is doing and advocating that is not representative of the, the country as a whole. It well, we sounds, don't have a lot
0: of moderation among the, the people you know, on the left I, or the right.
1: I think I think there is more moderation. The problem is people rely on social media to sort of calibrate what people support and they don't. And it's just an echo chamber of nonsense to the most extreme fringe of the political spectrum. And we should be looking at more of these things. And I always tell people, look, this conservative revolution is already underway. They've been waiting for the last 12 years to get a Reagan conservative. Because nobody wants these things that these extreme fringe parties are offering. They want to get back to the fundamentals that made America great.
0: They want that, but we don't seem to have a system that facilitates those people getting elected.
1: Well, that's a, you know that's a result of gerrymandering and both parties insulating their representatives from accountability. Can Can I jump
3: in? Oh, sure. Okay. This is a great cartoon. It's like Mike said, everything being kind of so extreme now and so divisive and the, the extremes on each end of the spectrum are, are like so much more amplified than they have ever been. Why do you think that editors don't want the controversial content? I mean, probably couldn't answer really for them, but to me, it seems like they would want something that kind of represents, I mean, not the extreme right or left viewpoint. But I mean, if, if there's nothing right now in this country that is, you know, vanilla. Everything is extreme on both sides. So I'm just wondering, why do you think the editors at the papers and other places?
0: Well, are? I'll take a shot at that. People dislike cartoons they disagree with much more than they like cartoons they agree with. And so if you want to be risk averse, you don't give them anything to disagree with.
1: But let me qualify that. I'm not sure that's true. I think you hear from people that have disagreement with cartoons. It's much more than you hear from people that want to praise your cartoon. True. Because of the nature of politics. Right.
0: Well, yeah. one one person calling the paper to cancel their subscription has an effect now that it didn't yeah. have in years past.
1: Yeah, true. I think that's it. It's an you know, unfortunate byproduct of the tenuous nature of journalism today.
0: Anyway, this is lovely red ink, Michael. Thank you. And Air Force One, Roger, it looks like Biden is running again as they install the stair lift on the stairs up to the Air Force One. He is. Uh, you know what?
1: I make fun of Biden's age all the time, but frankly, he sort of had this case of dementia since he got into politics, and this is nothing new. He's been Mm -hmm. misreading things. He's been on the wrong side of every major issue through his entire political career. Uh, I
0: think this is one of those uh, right and left bubble things, because in my left bubble, uh, I don't see him as having dementia. I, I flip on Fox News, and I hear about how he has all these mental impairments, and um, well, that's I my point. I think that's a bubble I'm saying, issue.
1: I'm not saying that he's that he has dementia. Although there are many things that he's doing that's, that that uh, makes me wonder. Now, having having a senior parent. And watching them go through the process, where they're just completely fine until the last few years of the life, where it suddenly just changes very dramatically. That definitely has to be an issue in the upcoming election. And now, I'm I'm, a, I'm opposed to term limits. I'm opposed to age limits. I think we already have those, like in Federalist 50, I think it was Federalist 4. We're having more frequent elections is the cure for that, so that people are informed and they can make these decisions, and then limit their terms. <laughs> But, you know, the point is... You quote
0: Federalist papers like I quote Star Trek
1: episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Your your quotes are a lot more informative than mine, obviously.
0: Okay, here you've got uh, Biden crashing his student loan forgiveness car into the Constitution. How is that crashing into the Constitution? I mean, I get that we should be responsible for our own choices to go into debt. I paid from college for both of my kids. And the idea that if I hadn't done that, it could be forgiven would make me feel like I'm kind of a fool for doing that and encourage bad behavior in the future. But how is that a constitutional issue?
1: You see, this is where you need to read less Star Trek and more federalist paper. It's a constitutional issue because the power of the purse is within the second branch of our government, which is the Congress. Congress is the one who gets to allocate spending, not the president. The president cannot by decree just absolve people from their debt. And frankly, okay. so I, I think this is it's,
0: this is when he, the the court found that he didn't have the power to do that and yet this was a response to the court knocking his plan down. Because, okay, very because good.
1: it's within it's within the purview of the Congress. If they want to do that, then let them face the electorate once they've done that. And all the people that actually paid back their student loans, all those people that didn't have any student loan, can respond and form.
0: I take your point. And this is illegal immigration about to form one of those big waves like you just drew on the other cartoon. President Biden says take it down, referring to the Title Forty two Dam. Well,
1: Very I, good. You know, I kinda I kinda did that because uh, you know, obviously I work for the Review Journal in Las Vegas, so I thought the Hoover Dam would be a good metaphor for it. But it really, when you think about the tides of people, this thing is holding back, the sheer volume of people. The reason why we designed our immigration system the way it was, and not for economics, but, uh, you know, escape tyranny, we have a, a legal immigration process that allows these people to apply in, in coming to the country. But if you re- reward bad behavior, all it does is it stimulates more bad behavior.
0: Let me compliment the Review Journal because- because we love the Review Journal. They subscribe to Kegel Cartoons, and they're one of just a handful of papers that have a full-time editorial cartoonist left now. And that says a lot for them that uh, they last till the end like this.
1: It's a great newspaper, too. We're one of the few newspapers that's actually adding content and adding stuff.
0: I've got to say, too, when you pick it up on the newsstand, it feels like it's got some substance rather than some of these other things that have like three or four pages.
1: In fact, comparing it to the LA Times where I was before, there's no, it's, boy, the l a Times
0: has really gotten thin, so Michael, here you've got Biden talking hey Darryl, to the UN how do you, like and he the says
1: marble in the background is- I like
0: the marble on this cartoon, and he says America is ever than better uh that's another uh dementia cartoon, I think it sounds like me on my good days. <laughs> so here you got the editorial department tap tap tapping on the their computer typing in uh the far right driven gop wants to impeach biden even though there's never been any sign of wrongdoing to point to and biden holds his for sale sign up in front of him none yeah. whatsoever yeah this is another bubble cartoon because i don't s- see what is so obvious to all of you. Of course, there's sleazy Hunter, but uh, there's no money trail.
3: Mm.
2: Well, as again, you know, I disagree with you. I think that there's definitely some, There's there seems to be, the gun is smoking. The question is, can we tie it to uh, Joe? And so far the GOP has been somewhat um, slow on that. Because it must be there.
0: Okay, so here you've got uh, Super Joe, who's almost a Batman, and he says, our superhero noticed a subtle change to the signal from the Democrat Party, which is not a bat signal, but rather a step down (laughs) signal. And if he were to step down, he would fall off the top of that building.
2: Right. That that was that was drawn right after. uh, I think there was a poll released that said that 64 percent of Democrats uh, wanted uh, Biden to step down or not run in 2024.
0: So here, Biden is taking a phone call where someone says, "Uh, hello, is this Pete-O-Pete snicker? And Biden says, how many times have I told you that my name to you is Dad Hunter? So why is he motivated to say pedo pete is that biden is like a pedophile for touching people including young people
2: well that, that's interesting because i i'm kind of blown away that you don't know the story that hunter biden uh, alluded to his dad as being pedo pete
0: yeah I, I i don't know that's that's a bubble story i guess why is okay. he pedo pete
2: well, that was his name. That was his pet name for him, Pete O'Pete. So um kind of surprised that this story didn't make it into your bubble.
0: Here you got Biden chopping down a big tree. He says, I cannot tell a lie. Putin did it. So is this part of your not supporting Ukraine in the respect that he's blaming things on Putin? Well, I would,
2: yeah, I would suggest that a lot of what um, Biden does is, is blame anything on anyone else but himself, right? So, And Putin is just somebody who so if it's not trump it's putin
0: okay and here you've got biden uncle sam walking away from a nuclear explosion he says because provoking a third world war with nuclear powers is way better than mean tweets Mm -hmm. i didn't quite quite get this either so is this support for ukraine is creating the risk of a nuclear war and that's better than trump's mean tweets i'm not quite getting it
1: well that seems Pretty straightforward, actually. Yeah, that's okay. the comparison that he's making is he's saying that, uh, and I'm not saying I, I agree with the political context of cartoon, yeah. but it was pretty straightforward. He's saying mean tweets don't compare to getting us into a third world war. It's a very straightforward cartoon image. Um, I don't, I don't agree with the sentiment because I'm, I'm a Ukraine supporter, but I think the cartoon is actually pretty good. So
2: there's the alternative universe theory, Daryl, in which you know, if Donald Trump had won in 2020, would we be where we are right now in terms of inflation, in terms of the economy, in terms of war with Ukraine or war with Russia, in terms of what just happened with Hamas. You know, you can speculate, but there's a lot of people, and I think that I'm kind of one of them that believes that Trump would have handled it differently, and we probably wouldn't be in the situation we are today.
0: And you're presuming that the way he would have handled it differently would have been a safer world rather than a more dangerous world.
2: Well, I, th- I think Putin respected Trump. Uh, he may not have liked him, but I think that there was a crazy aspect to Trump, some Similar to there was this crazy aspect to Reagan, if you will, in that our enemies didn't know what he was going to do. And this is this was true for Trump. They did not know how crazy is this guy. And, and so if Trump would were to say to Putin, hey, if you do this, there will be repercussions beyond your capability of, of you know understanding. Then I think I think Putin would have perhaps reconsidered. But Putin sensed weakness. And definitely that that weakness was put forward during the the Afghanistan withdrawal. There was definitely our enemies took note of that. And, and su- surely Putin did. So the question is, would Putin have invaded Ukraine? Would Hamas and Iran feel so emboldened as they do today to confront the U.S., if not for Biden being in office? Certainly, like I said, I think I'm a little bit with Michael, uh, but... But I think I'm probably even to the more extreme right than Michael in the sense that I actually don't mind Trump. I don't love him, but at the same time, I see him a far greater force for good than the guy who's currently there. And I would also argue some of the things, um, some of the consequences of Trump being in office, that being many um, judges being placed in office that are more right wing, that has had a huge effect, including in in the Supreme Court, where we have... For The first time the Roe versus Wade controversy kind of put to rest, so or not to rest, obviously, <laughs> but you know, what ignited, I mean. yeah, ignited. But, but definitely, there were consequences to Trump being in office that uh, a lot of right wingers like myself would agree to that we kind of like, um, like him or not. Okay, I mean, well, I, let's... Have to,
1: I have to say, let me just say one thing about that. While you might disagree with the point that Rivers is making in that cartoon. I think the cartoon is very clear and very powerful in the pronouncement that, that uh, the danger from a Biden administration is far larger than you know, Trump's. Not, and again, I, I support Ukraine and I disagree, but the cartoon, I think, does what political cartoons ought to do and i think it does it powerfully
0: okay so here you got the two prisoners and they're in their cell one says so there i was about to testify against joe biden as a whistleblower and the next thing i know i'm sitting here so mm-hmm. these guys are suffering from the weaponization of law enforcement
2: right so i do believe that there is one specific whistleblower and i forget his name but he was being indicted for something at the same time as he was uh, being a whistleblower. So again, you know, the, the timing, you know, he should have been protected as a whistleblower. But it seems that the DOJ had other ideas.
0: This is interesting. You've got Uncle Sam digging through uh, at the edge of the cliff about to fall down from the cliff. And Biden says, keep digging, you'll eventually hit pay dirt. And then it's nothing but blue skies after that.
2: Which so it's is a funny. Bit of a gag. Yeah, it's a bit of a gag. You know, it's it's the you know, US is kind of digging its way into deeper and deeper issues and troubles. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're not going the right way.
0: So, Gary, we are up to you. Yay. <laughs> I know we're pushing up against your deadline. Yeah, so, so you- uh,
3: especially since I don't like my drawing, and uh, I'm not the draftsman that Rivers and Mike are, so what I what I do is I try to make up for that by being a, a better citizen. And, uh, a... <laughs>
0: you're you're a better citizen,
3: yeah a, mo- okay. a model partner to my community, okay, so anyway, I hate this drawing, but let's go through it, sir never so mind you've the got
0: uh, Biden at the desk, and two secret service guys are getting bit by his his dog that famously bites, <laughs> and he says, "Sir, never mind the border. we'd like to request that a wall be built around commander,
3: just a gag cartoon, of course that's just that's kind of my my thing. Plus, I try to keep in mind what you say, Daryl, about the editors and, and I how don't want
0: to be in the position of telling you to not have opinions. I mean, oh, cartoonists no. should have opinions and we should be twisting the arms of editors to print opinions.
3: I do. I know. And, you know, I wish I could, you know, Mike and Rivers hit the topic so hard and I do in some of these cartoons, perhaps. But, you know, when when you can cross reference to topical things going on at the same time, it's, you know, it's probably an easy go to for cartoonists. And and you know
1: what? I I think I think that uh, I think that cartoon hilariously brings up the context of the border wall and another event that's happening in the news at the same time. So he's he's saying that uh, Biden has done nothing with the border wall. Could he at least build a border around? commander. I think, yeah. you know, one thing I loved about Ronald Reagan was his sense of humor, and, and humor is a very, very, very powerful weapon to reach a much larger audience with your weapon, uh, with, your, with, your, uh, with your message. And I think one thing I love about Gary's cartoons, and, and I don't see them a lot, Gary, but when I do, sure. they always make me laugh out loud, is that we want to be the catalyst for thought. We want to bring certain issues that are, I think very, very important issues to our society, to the viewer's attention and uh you know gary does it very well with his with his sense of humor and i, I actually like your drawings gary i think they're Wonderfully
0: creative. I like your drawings too, Gary. I oh, agree. You. So you've got uh, Biden with his feet glued to the floor, and uh, his advisor is saying, "Sir, it's what environmental protesters do, but gluing your feet to the floor isn't the best way to hold on to
3: office." <laughs> Obviously, I'm just like again cross-referencing things that were topical, and uh, I think this is, was around the time when the uh, the Burning Man thing was going on out in the desert, and all those people were blocking people wanting to get through, and uh, so. Sup- people just got so so fed up they just started dragging them off the road and it's kind of what i would imagine me doing also
1: frankly it, it may be the only way that biden holds on to office yeah <laughs> well he's holding on to other things here
3: and
0: uh she says hands off my uh expletive and uh, the secret service guys say he's not just a gun grabber
3: yeah uh, sometimes i wish i was Joe biden because you can get away with grabbing <laughs> although you know my wife probably wouldn't be too thrilled about it but
0: yeah he... okay you've got the military before biden the drill sergeant says drop and give me 20. And after, drop and give me the name if it didn't see any princess or a preferred pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here you've got Biden talking to the kid who's thinking Ku Klux Klan hood. And uh, Biden says, don't worry if you can't get into Harvard because of the Supreme Court ruling against affirmative action, I'll give you a job holding a lantern in my front yard. So is that funny just because you're calling him a bigot?
3: Uh, t- to me, it's not so much funny as just pointing out biden's you know veil he has had some gaffes
0: that got him into some trouble
3: yeah and you told me subsequent to this cartoon daryl about how clans you know clansmen hoods you know won't make it into the paper so this one probably never ran i guess
0: well there's always somebody to print anything but clan hoods are like swastikas editors don't like them and the cartoons just don't get picked up
3: yeah and biden just had another recent gaff. i forget who it was uh, I don't know it might have been L J L Cool J J L but uh Henry he said, you know, this boy and the guy's like fifty something years old. One of his, you know, recurring kind of racial faux pas that, that doesn't really get much uh much media attention.
1: So Daryl, do, think... do you have like a do you release a list of metaphors that your cartoonists shouldn't use? Like on a monthly. I basis? don't want to tell the cartoonists what they should
0: or shouldn't I of course uh, do I, but I, I do I'm tell them what kidding. gets printed and doesn't get printed. I send the cartoonists pretty much weekly uh all the carto- the top 10 cartoons that were reprinted that week that editors chose and the top 10 cartoons from us tend to be equal in the amount of papers that print them to all the rest of the cartoons like another so 100 I guess, cartoons. I guess my
1: my next question would be do you guys listen to what Daryl says? No, you don't have to answer
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can I can tell yeah. you I don't get much too much people listening to that but
3: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry <laughs> um, what were you saying?
3: Well I I know I I've changed I mean since you've sent those emails out Daryl I I have changed somewhat in what I submit because, you know, I don't want to just submit a ton of stuff that's never going to get picked up. So, and, and again. There is a
0: part of being an effective cartoonist is getting people to see your cartoons. Absolutely. And exactly. uh, if you could if you could make a compromise like saying, well, I don't really need blood in this cartoon, it does the same thing without blood, and then get it printed by twice as many places, that's not a bad compromise to make. Um,
1: Although, I, you know, I, I do agree with that. I mean, I, I don't do controversial cartoons for the sake of controversy, just like I, I don't do. Uh, humorous cartoon just for the sake of humor. And there are certain subjects that you just don't want to do because the controversy surrounding the placement within the cartoon will overshadow the point you're trying to make because obviously we're trying to make a point. uh, One
0: problem that we have is anti-Semitic cartoons, particularly from around the world. And I've tried to lay down some rules for the international cartoonists to follow to make their cartoons not anti-Semitic. And I do kill the anti-Semitic cartoons. Um, There are some basic rules that I think are helpful, just as you wouldn't draw sexually explicit things in an editorial cartoon and expect it to be printed. Likewise, some of these things that are natural go-to kind of things that pop into artists' minds like drawing Israelis as Nazis persecuting the Palestinians in Gaza Auschwitz Uh, we don't accept that and we need to explain to the cartoonists that uh, and you know there's a range of those things from slight to uh, heavy and cartoonists should know that some things cross the line and some things are inappropriate and some things we will tolerate but they simply mean your cartoon's not going to get printed and that's another way of being an ineffective cartoonist.
1: You know, I'm a big believer in freedom of speech, that people can say and do anything. That does not give you the freedom to be insulated from the consequences of what you do. Right?
0: Yes. So
1: I, I'm sure that, uh, that Gary and Rivers are like me. We think about our audience and how how the uh, the cartoon is going to be read out there by our readership and uh, you know i don't want to offend anybody just to make a point the point is the most important thing i mean i always think of political cartoons like a super bowl ad you get got five seconds to, to catch their attention five seconds to make the pitch but instead of selling a product or selling ideas if you offend their sensibilities with something that really doesn't have much to do with the content of your point, then you lose the opportunity to make the sale that's a good point.
0: And uh, you can judge how much you want to offend. I recall uh, one of your cartoons when you were on our com site, you drew a dead fetus in an electric chair. And we got more angry mail for that than I think any cartoon we've ever had on Kegel.com. People were just outraged. But, you know, we, we ran it, and I'm not sure that you would have been disappointed with the outrage.
1: Well, I, I don't I don't recall that cartoon. I've been picketed by everybody, sometimes at the same time. <laughs> I managed to offend everybody at some time. But, you know, it's sort of like why I would never use Muhammad in a cartoon. Because the controversy that's surrounding the image would overshadow any point that I'm making. So I have a tendency to try to sidestep those, But I'm not afraid to uh, like the fist bump cartoon. I like the cartoon that I just did on Hamas with the bloody teddy bear. Sometimes you have to, to get right up to the edge of the limit to make a powerful point. I think that's worth it.
0: Well, if you're going to draw something that's going to be very offensive to a minority of readers i think it's worth thinking about what's the value of being offensive and can i say this in another way
1: right and and let me let me say that i'm not trying to be offensive maybe shocking to some people but but, uh, you know, politics is an, evo- an emotional thing. You know, when people write me hate mail and stuff, I like it. They're like the medals that you get in a battle. But you're not doing it to offend people. You're trying to convince them. And you're not, I'm not drawing offensive cartoons. I'm drawing powerful cartoons sometimes.
0: Well, it sometimes said- there are cartoons that are drawn to be offensive to show that they can do it. Yeah, uh, I
1: would discourage that.
0: So here you have uh, Biden, and he's standing behind Biden's record, which looks like a big Bigfoot. And he He says, the wind is at my back, and this is a fart coming from this Bigfoot, which lists some of Biden's problems. So explain this cartoon to me, Gary.
3: It's kind of just... You know, self-explanatory. You know, I I just basically am playing off the phrase that the wind is at my back and figured I'd work it into one of my favorite flatulence uh, topics, so I just ran with it. I've been doing a lot of Uh, fart cartoons in the Duplex and the Flying McCoys, too, for some reason. I don't know.
1: I think think (laughs) he's saying that Biden's record stinks. Oh,
3: yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't think I've
0: actually tracked uh, the performance of farts in cartoons, but uh, perhaps (laughs) I should. You're talking okay, about so here. Old
1: farts, right? So are you talking about Biden? Are you talking about Biden? Oh,
0: so here we are with the old <laughs> fart Biden, and he's got a big corruption shadow looming behind him, and another uh, bubble cartoon because <laughs> you certainly don't see this on the left.
3: Well, the big guy obviously is referencing the the emails that Hunter Biden referred to as Dad as the big guy. So just it's basically the essence of the cartoon.
0: That's another bubble thing because I didn't get that reference. Oh okay, wow,
1: but you vehemently disagree at the point of view, so
0: <laughs> I mean everybody should get what's coming to them if I see a paper trail uh money going to dad then
3: uh, well, that's uh they, they hid the paper trail so well through a bunch of these l l c s and like twenty different you know shell companies and his daughter in law getting millions of dollars and his grandkids being in some of these it just strains credi- credibility. You just have to look at it with any logical perspective. And well, I
0: just not seen a money trail or any kind of evidence that points to dad and in the same way that you see it.
3: I, I, in a way, I actually am, This is going to probably be the only nice thing I've ever said about Joe Biden. He, he obviously loves his kid. And I think anybody who had a son or daughter a child struggling with addiction, you know, and if any kind of decent parent would would love their child and support them, but the thing where i separate is they would try to help that child, they wouldn't allow that child to further go down the spiral of self-destruction, they wouldn't enable that child. And these are all things that i've seen Joe Biden do with Hunter. You know, he's just if you had Joe Biden's means and stature, And if I had a son that had an addiction and a sex addiction and was trafficking, you know, women possibly across the country for sexual pleasure, you know, instead of sending the FBI to, you know, to cover for him on a gun crime, I'd send the FBI to get him in a headlock and walk him into a rehab facility and stand guard at the door and not let him come out until he was, you know, clean as the driven snow. I wouldn't allow him to continue to screw up his life. And that's, that's where I, you know, love is one thing, but enabling someone who's such a a train wreck as joe biden has done with his son to me is, is just the opposite of being a good parent that's that's being a terrible parent in my book
0: well it's tough when those sleazy jerk kids grow up into being an adult and you don't have that kind of control over them and they just take advantage of whatever opportunities are there for them
3: then you don't let them ride on air force one you take away their their you know what hunters say you know i'm you know i'm sick of dad taking half of what i make like he's done with everybody in the family or something like that i don't know
0: so here's joe's inflation reduction cafe and they're wheeling the body of the u.s economy out of the cafe who i assume just died from (laughs) the eating in the cafe joe says thank you please come again not a cafe that you want to eat
3: in no i i just thought joe saying that to the as the guys being wheeled off to the morgue would be funny so
0: <laughs> well i guess that is funny and here you have joe driving his fuel truck of political hate speech that's flammable and he says i don't understand i gave it everything i got as he leaves the national division burning behind him it, it, it is this another bubble thing because i don't hear the political hate speech from the left like i hear it from the right
3: it's, it's coming from joe biden himself his famous you know, speech with the Marines flanking him with the, the red backdrop lights and where he just basically everything he does, when he gets, he gets a chance, he's all, you know, he refers to Donald Trump as, you know, that other guy and, you know, my predecessor. He, there's the lack of respect that comes from this administration towards the previous one is like unrivaled from anything I've ever seen in politics
0: unrivaled. I mean, it seems a lot tamer than what we see on the right.
1: You pretty much see it pretty much pronounced on both sides, the aisle.
0: Why Joe Biden is called the big guy. He does big stumbles and big mumbles and big lies. I've never discussed with my son his foreign business dealings. I I get that's where you're coming from. And I guess this will be the last one. You have Joe and the Democrat donkey pledging allegiance to a flag that looks like a rainbow LGBTQ flag
3: i think that represents like the all all the different identities you know i just want to say uh, i had a great time it's it's fascinating listening to these guys talk and kind of analyze stuff and uh you, you
0: guys were all very uh civilized and we didn't have much argument
3: we'll bring a liberal another liberal <laughs> yeah. on time daryl well, I, yeah, I'm a know,
2: big, I... I was just going to say, I'm a big fan of both these guys, and so there's a lot of respect there. And, and uh, I really appreciate Michael coming on today because, uh, of course, he's outside of the Kegel uh, group. But uh, just an awesome cartoonist, and it's been great to, to hear from you today, and you're very articulate. And, of course, Gary and I are friends from way back, and it's always good to see my friend Gary.
3: And same with Mike. Mike and I well, go I'm way good. back, and yeah, it's a yeah. mutual love thing
1: here the McCoy brothers are, are almost part of my extended family it seems like River, <laughs> it gives I, I look forward to seeing you without mask at some point <laughs> you know I've, I've come from a place in the political spectrum I, I'm probably to the right of both you although I'm a guy who will go after everything you can vehemently disagree with the politics behind a cartoon and still love the cartoon or the cartoonist you know I I don't like to uh, I don't like to tear down other people's work, but I, I I'd like to say that politics is a personal thing and everybody, uh, should be emotional about, about how they feel. And and uh, just because I don't agree with what's behind the cartoon, um, it doesn't mean that the cartoon is not comprehensible or not a, a powerful vehicle to make a point of view. And, you know, I, I, I like uh, both these guys are fabulous cartoonists. And uh, I'm honored to be on this. Hey, on this, I love uh, all three
0: of you. And Thanks. I really appreciate
3: I, your coming on. Love all you guys. And uh see you all soon. <laughs> OK, very good. Well, let
0: me say that everyone should remember to subscribe to the Cast wherever you're watching or listening today please subscribe our Kegelcast is available in both video and audio versions so if you don't see the cartoons go to kegel.com or apple podcasts or youtube or spotify to see the video podcast rather than just the sound and i, I kind of like pod cruncher that's my favorite one but we're on all the platforms and thank you for being here and michael i'm delighted that you came today
1: sounds good all right thanks all right, a lot we'll talk soon to bye